Good morning. Good morning, Impact City. It is so good to see you. It's my pleasure to welcome you. We're excited for what God has in store. Thank you, worship team. I'm going to invite you to take your seats for just a few moments. We're grateful for another morning. We're grateful for another day to be here today. We're grateful for who he is to us. Amen. Amen. I'm excited uh, this morning to kick off a series um, entitled Fresh Air. Fresh Air. And we're going to be going through this for the next four weeks as we go into our 21 days of prayer and of fasting. 21 days of prayer and fasting. And what I want to speak to you today uh, on is on enjoying the topic of enjoying prayer. Um, if you have the Version app and if you go to events, you will find Impact City Church Odessa. You will see the outline uh, for today so you can add your notes and, and go through there. Um, the purpose of this series as we, we kick off uh, our days of prayer and fasting is to be able to uh, get us to a place where we have some spiritual energy, amen, where we can be energized spiritually um, and be able to move out of what could be the mundane, what could be the routine uh, of being a Christian for some of us at, at any given point, getting away from the monotony of just going through the motions, of, of not just going uh, to church just, just to check off a box, and if not to pray solely for the sake of saying, I, I prayed that day, but to be able to experience God in the fullness of how he wants us to experience him. And I just want to breathe some fresh air uh, with the scripture, uh, put some fresh air back into your cells uh, where we can truly just be at a place. And, and I realize that maybe you're there today and you can take this message and put it in the refrigerator for further down the road. Um, but I, I do believe that God has something in store for us today where we can get to that point where we truly enjoy our spiritual walk. Amen where we truly enjoy our spiritual walk. So when we look at this, when we look at this, um, it, it literally means uh, to recover breath. When, when we're talking about what it means to, to be able to have this fresh air, um, you can compare it to like when you get the wind knocked out of you and, and it takes a while, whether it be an injury on the, on the sport arena or whatever that looks like, um, Life, can, life has a way of knocking the wind out of us. Amen? Life has a way of knocking the wind out of us. A phone call can, can change the trajectory of our lives. A text message um, asking the, us to call the doctor back and, and we don't know the results can, can change some things. It can knock the wind out of us. But life has a way of doing it, but it is not God's will that we stay there. Amen? It's not God's will that we stay there. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 16, I'm reading out of the Living Bible Translation. Paul writes to his spiritual son, and he says this, May the Lord bless Onesiphorus and all his family, because he visited me, and he encouraged me often. His visits revived me like a breath of fresh air. Do you know somebody like that, that a visit from them could 
be a breath of fresh air. I, I would pray that that would be us to someone, amen, that we would be a blessing to someone and not the other way around. This is what Paul's saying, and he was never ashamed of my being in jail. So I want to start off by talking about a physical place um, that also, I believe, translates to the spiritual world for you and I, and it's called the doldrums, the doldrums. Um, it is a sailing term, and it is specific. It's a specific place in the ocean um, where uh, it's right by the equator. Uh, so it separates the northern hemisphere and the southern hemisphere. And you have to understand that the currents and the winds go in opposite directions. It is a place where if you get there, there is no wind. There is no no possibility. So way before there was GPS and, and all this navigation systems that we know today, um, if you were to get there, if you just so happened to get there, it, it was pretty much there was no hope for you because there is absolutely no wind. Uh, you cannot make you, you cannot get out of there. Um, so you wanted to avoid the doldrums at, at all costs. And, and I believe that this relates to us because while it is true in the natural sense, it's also true in the spiritual sense. While it's true in, in the physical realm, it can be true for us today that we know what we're supposed to do. We know what we are supposed to do to be able to draw closer to God and to have a closer relationship with him. But, but it's crazy that a storm can get you there. Amen. A storm can just get you there. It can just all of a sudden take you to this place of just where you are stagnant, where it is lifeless, where there seems to be no hope. And, and it is my assignment this morning and for the next few weeks to just give you some tools that, that when you leave here today, you'll be able to put into practice and be able to have a victorious life. Because, amen, we believe that the life of a Christian is, well, we have victory on Sunday morning at 10 a.m., but I believe that we should have victory on Monday. We should have victory on Tuesday. We should have victory on Wednesday, on Thursday, on Friday, on Saturday. And when I say victory, it doesn't mean that everything is pleasant. No, but for there to be victory, there actually has to be a battle. Amen. There has to be some conflict. There has to be some challenges. But, but thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph. Amen. So I want to give you some tools that maybe you find yourself in this lifeless area or maybe you know of somebody that you can be a blessing to by providing this and sharing this with them. And, and, and it's been said, some researchers believe that it takes 21 days to create a habit. And if you can get there, you can have, uh, you can establish some healthy habits that will be able to carry on. So I hope that in these 21 days of prayer and fasting that we are able to get there. And what I ask from you is just give me effort. Amen. Just give me effort. Then uh, let me, uh, through, through God and through, through his word, be able to lead you to a place where you can re recover your breath spiritually and that we can make progress together. Amen. Can you give me some effort? Amen. Over these next few days. Let's get there. So let's get to the point where we get to do it and not where we got to do it. Amen. Where we have the opportunity to seek God and, and be with him and to be able to serve in church. So let's, we're going to look at some reasons why we could get into this place that, that's known as the doldrums. Uh, the first one is when we've drifted away. 
It's a slow fade sometimes. It just doesn't happen. It's just one habit, one bad habit after the other, one bad discipline after the other. Uh, And it's crazy. You're just moving further away. You're not in the northern hemisphere. You're not in the southern hemisphere. So it's really like you're not really on fire for God, but, but you're not living for the devil also. You're just there just kind of there, just surviving. And, and Jesus, uh, he addresses the churches. When we see in Revelations, he it talks to the church and he says, uh, you're, not, you're not really hot and, and you're not really cold. You're, you're just kind of lukewarm. And, and Jesus says, I will spit you out of my mouth. And that's kind of, that's kind of hard to swallow, but, but it, it is a challenge for us to be able to get to the point where we are on fire. For God, Amen. Where we where we have a red hot spiritual life. One, on one occasion, Paul tells the church in Corinthians, and he says, "You're not really worldly," um, or uh, he sh- he says, "You're not really spiritual, and you're not really worldly, but you're kind of just you're kind of just there. Um, so you're just it's carnal. You're carnal, and, and it could be a, a miserable life, and it could be a frustrating point, and it can be a point of deception and of disappointment. And I want to help us get out of there in Jesus' name. So the first point, like I mentioned, is when we have drifted away, it's just, I didn't make time for it today, and I didn't make time for it yesterday, and I didn't make time for it the day before, and we just kind of get to this place. That's the first thing. The second thing is when we neglect the basics, when we've neglected the basics. So this series is about examining. We're going to be talking about the the living word, and we're going to be talking about God's love language. We're going to be talking about some basic biblical principles that can help us get back on track. We're going to focus on prayer. We're going to focus on his word. We're going to focus on worship, having a time of devotion. And let me just say, when I talked to you last Sunday and I challenged you about the first 15, I realized that some of us are are past that, where we have a a longer devotional time. But it's not just so much about checking a box. When I talked to you last week about the first 15 minutes of your day, it was to give us a starting point, because maybe you You've never prayed. Maybe you've never gotten up early to read your Bible. So once, I, as I mentioned, it's about progressing and it is about growing to be able to. So let's look at these areas. Let's look at this and let's grow. Amen. Wherever you are, wherever you're at, it's about growing and it's about progress. Getting back to the basics. The next thing, when we've lost our purpose, when we've lost our purpose, do you feel that there's an area in your life? This morning, do you feel that there is an area where you may feel unfulfilled, where you feel that, man, I'm, I, there's just something missing? And, and do and could it be that we are not fully doing what God has called us to do? And when I ask, when I've talked to you about getting involved in, about joining the, the dream team, it's not because we solely need it. No, it's, it's more about you. It's for you. It's about you getting in the game because there's win there. There's win there. Hey, man, there's win there. It's, it's something about fulfilling our purpose in God. I, I, can I share with you a quick story? I'll remember when I was... A teenager, and the church that I was at, they did not have an usher ministry, and I was so excited because I just wanted to start an usher ministry. Got, got together, spoke to the leadership, and I started it. Man, we had, we had headset radios before it was a cool thing from Radio Shack, y'all. It was so cool. 
I, but it was just fulfilling. It, it, it put a, an extra jump in my step. And, and that's what serving God does. It's just exciting that you wake up in the morning and you smile before you even had your coffee and say, I get to go to church today. I get to serve God and I get to serve people. There's nothing better in this life. It is just so incredible. So let's get to that place where there's wind there, where we, where we can just start moving, where we can just, just start progressing and grow. And I realize I'm saying that a lot, but that is the focus. Let's just move in the right direction. Amen? Amen. So let's talk about enjoying prayer because many see prayer as just a religious requirement. Many people see prayer as more of just checking off a box. Many see prayer that, that, it, that it's just something that we have to do. And can I tell you that maybe we see prayer as something mundane because we don't pray the way the Bible tells us to pray. And the way the, the Bible describes it, that we see it more as a duty instead of our delight. Um, but the Bible tells us that if my people who are called by my name, amen, would humble themselves, would pray, would turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins, and I will heal their lands. I don't know about you, but we have some things that we need to have forgiven. Amen? And I know that our land needs healing. Amen? And, but it all starts with turning to God. He is the answer, and he is the source. It's not about strategies. It's not about resources. It is about the presence of God. It is about his word. It is about him doing the work. God wants to heal, but it starts with prayer. Where we can get to that point where we just have a conversation with him. And, and this is interesting to note because when you look at the disciples, when they told Jesus, they said, teach us to pray the way you pray. Um, it was customary in the Jewish traditions that they would learn to pray at a, at a very young age. They had memorized prayers. But yet there had to be something about Jesus' prayer life that, that just captured their attention and that just was able to draw them in. And one day, the Bible says in Luke 11, chapter 1, uh, it, Luke 11, verse 1, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples spoke to him, said, Lord, he said, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. He, they said, teach us to pray. It's not because they didn't know how to pray. It's because they saw something different in the way Jesus prayed. Amen. There was a different passion. There was a different fervor in his prayer life that he said, maybe we're, that the disciples said, maybe we're doing it the wrong way, but can you teach us to get to that point? They, they saw something there. So he taught them. How to pray, and that's where the Lord's prayer comes in. But he, he talks to them about the topics of prayer. And when he gets to the Lord's prayer that we know so well, it was more of an outline for prayer and not meant to solely be a repetitive prayer, not just something that we pray. So there's seven things that are outlined in the Lord's prayer that I want to look at today. So let's start. And he says, so let's go through this. This is how he said, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. He starts by saying our Father who is in heaven. So the first thing that is intended for us to do is to connect with God relationally. Amen. 
connects with God relationally. He invites us to a relationship with him. Can we, can we wrap our minds and our hearts around that? That God wants to have a relationship with us just as you are today. He invites you in. He, he says, I don't want to just be your God. He goes, but I want to be your father. That is the intimacy and the closeness that he is inviting us to. I'm your father. But, but the truth is that some of us don't view him as that. We see him maybe as a, a God just sitting on a throne and we see him as hard to approach. But the, but the Bible lets us know that we can come boldly to the throne of grace. Amen. That we can come boldly to the throne of grace. But if you see him solely as that, it is hard to approach him and it's hard to see him relationally because we don't see him as a father. But he says we, we can connect with him, just as, as we do with a relative, just as we do with our father. And the, the book of Romans chapter 8 says this, verse 15, so you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father. That literally means daddy. Literally means Papa. Think about, think about that for just a moment. How is your relationship with God today? Because that could be a wall that, allow, that, that holds us back from, from seeking him further. That could be the barrier that stands in the way from us having a truly enjoyable prayer life because we don't see him as our dad. But he is our father. Amen. He is our father. So think about that. How would your relationship with God change if you saw him not just just as your God, but, but as your father. What would that mean for you if you saw him that way? The second thing, we, we run to his name. We run to his name. The Bible says in, in this prayer, in this translation, hallowed be your name. God loves when we call on him. Amen. God loves when we call him. God loves when we worship him. Think of his name. Think of his name. There is power in his name. Amen. There is power in his name. We see that he is righteousness because he makes us clean. Amen. He is sanctifier because he has called us and he has set us apart. He is healer because he heals all our diseases. He is banner of victory because he has defeated our enemies. Amen. He is shepherd because he speaks to us and he leads us. He guides us and he directs us. He is peace. He is our peace. Peace in every storm that we face. He is provider. He supplies all our needs. The Bible says in Proverbs 18.10 that God's name is a place of protection. That good people can run there and be safe. I'm not good because I'm good. Naturally, I'm good because of who he is. I can run to him. I can run to him. So what are you facing this morning? What are you facing? What mountain has come against you, I can tell you that you can run to his name and find protection and find peace and find comfort and find deliverance. It is all in his name. He was given a name that is above every other name that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess in heaven, on earth, and even under the earth that Jesus is Lord. There is power in his name and he loves it when we run to him. And we call on him and we say, Jesus, I need you. There's nobody like you. There is no name like his name. 
Amen. We pray his, and then we pray his agenda first. We pray his agenda first. This is what we talked about last week, about seeking first his kingdom. Let me share a secret with you. Focus on him, and he'll bless the rest. Focus on him, and he will take care of the rest. Seek first, once again, the kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. He takes care of you when you take care of him. His agenda first. I'll focus on you. And we say, I'll do what I can do. I will do what I can do, God. But then I'm going to enjoy time. I'm going to enjoy my time with you. And then I will begin to serve. So what, what does this mean? Because in Luke 12 and 31, he says, he will always give you all you need from day to day if you will make the kingdom of God your primary concern. When I live for him and I work for his kingdom, he'll be at work. It's taking care of him, making sure that, he's, that we do his agenda first. The next thing, the fourth thing, we depend on him for everything. Give us this day our daily bread. What I need comes from you. Every good gift, amen, and every perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights, in whom there is no variableness, nor shadow of turning. It comes from him. I depend. Then he says, so after you have focused on my agenda, then you can pray for what you need. Give us this day our daily bread. When you pray for God to meet your needs, don't just ask him to meet you in the area that you need most, those high priority areas in your life. But I have to have him involved in every area. You know that before I send this email, I, I need you, Jesus. And before I have this meeting, yes, I've planned. I've done everything on my end. But I need your presence in this meeting. I've done what I can do. But I need you to do what only you can do. I can't co accomplish this on my own. There's no way that I could work through this on my own. I need you in this. Everything I have, I need you involved in it. That, that we could get to that point where we say, you're my source. You are the one that I trust. I lean not on my own understanding, but in all my ways I acknowledge him, and you will direct my path. I'm trusting in your word that, that you will give me what I need today. I don't need necessarily what I need for tomorrow, but I need something right now, and this is what I need. I need you to just touch me in every area and work in every area and, and do what only you can do in this area. I love the way David put it. He said, I look up to the mountains. And he, then he asked this question, does my help come from there? He says, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Lord, I know who you are. I know who you are, and I really need you in every area. I need you. Even when I feel confident in it, that I would say, God, I'm, I, I need you. That even though I've been doing it for years, and you could do it with your eyes closed, that we would say, God, I need you. I need you. The next thing. we got to keep our heart right with God and people. He says, forgive us our debts as we forgive those 
You want to know what can really put some wind in yourself? Ask God for forgiveness in every area of our lives and forgive those who come against us. It is liberating. It will put some wind in yourselves. Ask God for forgiveness. And and even in the areas where we say we feel that everything is going well, but that we would get to a point where we say like David, search me, O God. Search me and show me. Search me and show me that we would say, I need your forgiveness here. But I also need you to show me where where I'm oblivious to the fact or where I'm unaware of that you would show me in those areas. I need your forgiveness. Show me where I need to make some adjustments. Show me where I need to make some changes. But not only that, that I would also make an active decision and that you would make an active decision on how we treat other people. Amen. That we would make a decision on that, that people who are mean to us, that people who are hateful, And can I just say that it's hurt people that hurt people? That sometimes when people are lashing out at us, it's because there's something going on in their life that we would just say, God, I forgive them, and I'm going to trust that you're going to take care of it. That I I forgive them, you're going to handle the rest. And that that we would just say, God, I ask that you do a work in them, that we would forgive those that come against us. Because can I tell you, you'll be happier. Amen. You will be happier. You will live a more joyful life. The Bible says this, don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. Don't let it conquer you. Don't let it overwhelm you, but we're going to conquer it in Jesus' name. We're going to conquer what the evil that wants to come against us. We've got to keep our heart right with God and with people. The next thing, we have to take our stand against the enemy. Amen. We have to take our stand against the enemy. It says, do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. The actual translation says that when temptation comes my way, give me the power to say no. Because temptation will come. Temptation will come, but that we would say, God, give me the power to be able to say no. What what? Jesus is encouraging here is he is encouraging us as believers to take our stand against him. Paul writes this in Ephesians chapter 6. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. How many know it's about his power? Amen. Put on the full armor of God so that you could take your stand against the devil's schemes. He has equipped us. He has empowered us to be able to take our stand against the devil's schemes, against his plan. And and verse 18 of, of Ephesians 6 says this, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keeping on praying for all of the Lord's people. Now, there is a devotional prayer that is so important that we need to have a part of our daily life. But there is also confrontational prayer. Amen. There is also confrontational prayer that where we take our stand, that we know that we take a hold of his word, that he has given us the authority to to tread over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, that we would get to that point where we take our stand in God, that, that we would recognize 
recognize that the enemy has a plan to destroy us, that he has a plan to bring us down and to discourage us, but that we could shed light on those lies and claim God's truth over our life, that we would resist the devil, as the Bible says, and that he will flee. Take your stand. Take your stand against the enemy. And the last thing that I want to share with you, we have to have faith in God's ability. The worship team will join me. We have to have faith in God's ability. It's not by might and it's not by power, but it's by my spirit. We have to remind ourselves that God has all the ability. We have to speak to ourselves and say, I can't do it. How many times have we told ourselves, I can't, I can't, there's no way I can survive. I can't, but he can. When I am weak, he is strong. That I have to move out of the way and allow him to work. The prophet Jeremiah said this, Sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. It is his ability. Nothing is too hard for you. What did they say? Nothing is too hard for you. It doesn't matter what was given to us, what was spoken to us. Nothing is too hard for you. It doesn't matter what's facing your marriage and your family and your finances, your health, your faith, whatever is facing. Nothing is too hard for you. It is not my strength. It's his strength. It's not my ability. It's God's ability. Nothing is too hard for you. Yours is the kingdom. All authority belongs to you. Yours is the power. All mightiness comes from you. Yours is the, vic- the glory. Your victory will be complete. Isaiah in, in chapter 6, he said, I saw the Lord in the year that, the king, that king Uzziah died. And it was a trying time for him. And it was a difficult time for him. And it was a dark season for him. And maybe that's how you feel today. It was a time where where there was not a lot of joy and a lot of celebration. But he said, in the midst of the chaos and in the midst of the loss and in the midst of the suffering and in the midst of my hurting heart, he said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. And I saw the seraphims that just surrounded him and said, holy, 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 holy is the Lord of hosts. All of the earth is full of his glory. Can I tell you, it doesn't matter what you're facing today, there is still a God that is on the throne. Can I tell you that it doesn't matter how big your challenge is, there is a God whose whose glory is still covering the earth as the waters cover the sea. Can I tell you that his is the glory, the power forever will you stand with me will you stand with me it is his ability it is his ability it's what he can do first john chapter 5 says this this is the confidence 
we have an approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, it has to be according to his will. He hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have asked of him. I am not confident in myself. I am confident in who he is. I am confident in who he is. So this morning, maybe your heart is heavy. Maybe you're facing loneliness from different avenues. Maybe you're facing a health scare that you haven't really fully disclosed. Whatever that is, I am believing in God's ability for your life. I am trusting in what he can do over you today. So if you have a need in this place right now, I'm just going to, I want to pray over you. And as we enter this moment of worship, we're going to trust that God is going to do what he can do. We're going to trust in his sovereignty. We're going to trust in his power. And we're going to trust in his ability. Father, we come to you right now. We come to you in the name of Jesus. Right now, God, we know that there is nothing too great for you. We know that there is nothing too difficult for you. God, and as we make this commitment over these next few weeks of entering a time of prayer and fasting, that we would grow closer to you, that we would draw closer to you and you to us, as your word says. God, that we would seek you first, that we would make time for you. God, that we would, God, remove every barrier and remove the obstacles that stand in the way of us coming boldly to you. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I thank you because we will grow in you, that we will progress in you, that we will know you at a deeper level. God, and right now, I just ask for everyone that is here today with a need. I ask right now for everyone that is facing turmoil, that is facing all sorts of issues, God, that, that they don't know how they're going to make it. God, that you right now would show yourself strong, that we would be confident in your ability, that we would be confident in your strength, that we would be confident in your might, that we would be able to rest on the promise that the battle is not ours, but it belongs to you, that we would just focus on you and we would know that you would work it out the way you need to work it out, the only way that you can work it out. God, that we would just put our focus on you and that we would just trust you wholeheartedly in every moment, at every step, in every season right now, God. I declare your hand at work. I, I declare, Jesus, for you to do a mighty work in Jesus' name. Amen. With every eye closed, with every eye closed, if you are in this place today and you want to make a first-time decision to, to give your life to God, maybe you had thought of it, maybe you had said, maybe, maybe you've considered it, but you say, today, I want to start by giving my life to Jesus. I want to invite you with every eye closed, I, I would invite you to raise your hand right where you're at. I see you. Right where you're at. Right where you're at. Would you pray this prayer? Everyone at the sound of my voice, pray with me. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross and making a way for me to come to you. I receive this extravagant gift. I ask you to come into my heart 
and be Lord of my life. I give you all of me and ask you to turn my life around for your glory. Fill me with your spirit and help me live the life you died to give me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Could we give God some praise?